Culture regular Leah Johnston joins us once again. And tonight she's joined by award-winning artist Rowan Pierce. And we're going to talk about spatial design for dance and Rowan's new work, Hehuia Kaimanawa, which is going to be showing at the Auckland Arts Festival next month. Kia ora, Malia. Oh, kia ora. How are you uh, up there? Not too bad. Yeah, we're all right. We're, we're sort of tucked <laughs> up in a studio, but um, so can't really see what's going on. And it's dark, of course, but we can, we, yes. we're, we're watching as it's rolling down on social media and the, the newsroom are keeping us up to date, of course. Yes, bit of a mad night for people, I imagine. Uh, yeah, a, a really um, worrying night for people. A lot of people will be up tonight, yes. really concerned about um, you know the wind velocity and the rain that's just coming down now. So, uh, and yeah. Rowan, Rowan, you're with us too. Kia ora. Kia ora. Whereabouts are you, Rowan? I am down in Ōtaki on the Kapiti Coast. Everything okay there? Everything's okay here, yep. Good. So my thoughts go out to all of you up there and in the far north, on the east, everywhere up there, really. Yeah, it's right across the north. So thank you both. And so we'll talk about dance and take our mind. We'll distract ourselves for a while. Yes. Oh, well, it was, it's reminded me of a year ago today, I was talking with Brian about uh, a work that was going to be potentially presented at the um, Auckland Festival last year. And it was a year ago that we that we had our lockdowns. So it's been a mad, a mad year. But um, yeah, uh, the the reason that I wanted to invite Rowan on tonight is, is he's he's getting ready um, to present a work at the Auckland Arts Festival, which is coming up really soon. And it's really exciting that the festival is back up and running and it's a, a really impressive program. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to um, talk to Rowan, who's an incredible artist who works in spatial and performance design for dance. Yeah, great. Excellent thinking. Um, Rowan, congratulations. We've been working hard on this. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, very much so. As Malia said, with um, kind of festivals locking down over the last couple of years, it feels like the first kind of outing for um, myself and my partner who have made this work together um, since, yeah, since COVID, really. So it's been a long time coming. All right, so please explain to us what is spatial design for dance? What does it encompass? Well, I guess um, spatial design... Um, as a whole is in designing space, or um, I guess you could put it across to architecture in, in kind of everyday terms as well, but uh, special design for, design for dance or just for, for performance is, um, I guess, the combination of set design, like set and light and everything that makes up the space that is being either performed in or the audience is entering into um, in, in like a time-based manner, I guess, as opposed to kind of a static kind of spatial design that is then interfaced with by person, I guess, spatial design for performance or performance design is um, that kind of time-based spatial design, that makes sense. Sort of. Uh, it's not really. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, so, so then we've got choreography, right? Uh, so where yeah. does it fit into choreography? Um, I mean, creating, creating a space, I mean, it's like a... a a broad sense, I guess, spatial, spatial design. It's not just spatial design, I guess, that my work does. It's, um, that's definitely a big part of it. But um, it's creating a space that can transform over time and can house um, the performers and res- and um, respond to what they're doing and, and lives out throughout the time of a performance piece, I guess. And um, 
Yeah. How, how the space feels, for want of a better word, you know, uh, the, yeah, use of, the use of the space and and when you talked about the time, the placement over the work of of the actual, well, over the time of the work, like where yeah, the dance is taking to, place. Thinking about, yeah, I'm often thinking about the design as kind of a performer in itself, um, how it can have, yeah, as you say, kind of um, be emotive, be an emotive kind of space. Um, how do you begin yeah. to design that? Where do you start when you're designing that? Is it something that you put down on paper or do you start discussing? Well, I guess, yeah, I, I began my design career, I guess, for performance with video, which is um, like video, live video design, which I guess by nature is, um, has that kind of rhythm or, you know, it is a time-based piece where it's it's a moving image. Yes. So alongside performers um, and alongside the rest of the performance, it kind of, it is a performative element in itself um so from there i um then develop then kind of built into then designing space to house video or set designs to house video um and then from there as well lighting design because there's um video design is is essentially a form of a source of light um so yeah starting off um put me personally starting off at, um with video and then moving into set and set and light design um I'll often start with start with drawings and conversations. A lot of the time now is a lot is um, also virtual drawings. So developing space virtually, um, using model, modeling um, softwares and things like that. And then um, throughout the course of rehearsals, bringing in kind of prototypes just made up of either paper or really cheap materials and blocking out um, an architecture or a set design and then testing it with performers and letting them integrate themselves into it before kind of committing to a more solid um, construction, I guess. Mm, and if you had an opportunity, you must have after COVID to do this, to have the rehearsals? Yeah. I mean, we had a lot, a lot of opportunity in COVID. I mean, in, bet- uh-huh. um, in between <laughs> in between lockdowns and things, um, yes. there was a lot of, there was some playtime that we managed to have, which um, was really, was kind of, a blessing and a curse and a blessing like it was it was nice to it was good to have time to really experiment um without the without the pressure of an impending deadline of performing um so yeah in a way that in the way the last couple of years has been both very trying in terms of not being able to um present but also there has been opportunities that have come with it um in order to experiment in order to keep developing your practice um, behind the scenes. Right. So, so we, we're looking at set design, maybe lighting, uh, audio, yep. visual, video, all of that. And this is all coming together for this new work. And uh, what what does is this work about? Um, so Hihuya Kaimana is the work that myself and my partner, Bianca Hislop, um, have been making alongside a um, group of kind of ongoing uh, collaborators, which is mainly made up of dancers, um, um, kapahaka performers, and and some tamariki as well. Um, so it was a project that we, when COVID, um, COVID hit, we were living in Auckland and we kind of had a change of um, pace and moved down here to Otaki to, to, to really concentrate on learning te reo Māori. Um, and my partner is a dancer and choreographer and so it came out of that. It came out of that journey, that um, commitment to come to to focus on that. Because as artists, we still wanted to practice, and we 
um, kind of thought of this project as a way to both learn um, alongside continuing to work as artists and to kind of bring those two things together so that also while we were working as artists, we were still learning um, and it was part of that process. Um, so it's a work that is um, there to celeb- like celebrate um, and I guess do use our use our skills to to be a very small part and bring and um bringing the presence and visibility of the revitalization of Tadil um as I say our, our very very small part in in that journey um yeah you're in a, you're in a creative hub there in Otaki with the Māori Land very Film Festival so. Land Film yeah. Festival coming up in uh, March as well yeah. you must have a lot of um wonderful people to hang out with there Oh, it's a, yeah, it's an amazing community. Yeah, um, I bet it is. With Māori lands and there, yeah, the, every, I sort of feel like every every other day or every other week, someone else comes out of the woodwork that I'm connect, that is connected into kind of my other, like our wider arts communities. Um, there's always fresh faces kind of popping out. Um, so we haven't been here for too long. We've been here for a couple of years. So we're really enjoying building up that community. And um, yeah, so with, with Māori lands, of course, um, there's a lot of creative um, practitioners that go through there that go through there, and then as well the um, Tawanangorokoa. It's a really, really amazing institute, and has created a really amazing community here in Otaki um, that just is growing year on year as well. Okay, so how does how does your work celebrate Te Reo Māori uh, with Tamariki um, involved in it? How how have you integrated all of that? Well, in our um, in our learning, on our learning journey, we've kind of we you know we've met a lot of people that um, are also um, entering on the on the journey of learning te reo or uh, further along the path. And something that um, we really struck us was the just you know everyone's individual stories and relationships to that journey, as well as um, the collective stories as well that. Um, would come up. So in the process, we have we've gone through and we've done a bunch of a lot of interviews with people that we've met and friends that we've made um, to get um, their perspectives or their personal stories through, uh, on the various stages or various facets of their journey, whether it being the challenge of doing it or the hopes they have for the future for the future um, for themselves or the, and the language. Um, so a lot of personal stories and anecdotal interviews that we've integrated into the work and used as a as a bouncing off point for creating um for creating the work mm. and does it have any um what kind of music does it have to it or, or soundtrack or audio to it um so yeah so Tui Matira Ranapiri Bransfield is um one of the key collaborators and she's of a she's of a couple haka background um she, She's been composing waiata and um, parakia, and so she's she's kind of the primary composer from a um, waiata point of view or from a vocal point of view. Um, and then alongside, and then working, I've been working with her and creating the sonic soundscape to support that, support those performances. Um, that sounds great. Yeah. Hehuia Kaimanawa and and the Auckland Arts Festival. When you know when is the uh, your your um, work on? 
Auckland, uh, in Auckland on the 16th of March, um, we open oh, at so. Te Pau Theatre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how long's the season? Um, until the Sunday. So it's five performances. Um, there is one school matinee on the Friday. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Rowan, for telling us about it. Nice. And uh, I hope it goes well and, uh, you know, there's, there's no problems with getting here. Everything should be all right by then. <laughs> yeah, <I hope> so. <laughs> <laughs> and Malia Johnstone, thank you so much for introducing us to Rowan. No worries. Total pleasure. And you will no doubt be at the performance. Will I you? will be. Yeah, you will be. Okay, <laughs> great. Thank you, you two. Thank all righty. Thanks, Karen. Kia ora. Uh, it's Rowan Pierce and Malia Johnstone uh, talking dance there in the Auckland Arts Festival. Hehuia Kaimanawa.